Uh, it was a wild night. I mean, we're uh, we're still reeling from it. I saw you on Signal Mountain today, and I felt like I was winning. I saw those early voting numbers come in. I felt like I was losing, and then watched us build up a small lead here. And uh, we're just we're grateful. I mean, we worked our tail off. We feel like we gave the county a vision for public education that's different than where where we've been, and it it brought a lot of people. I mean, I saw a lot of young families out there today. I think that's part of the reason that we built a le built the lead today. Is there was here at the very end a lot of people who who broke towards um, our campaign. I, I don't think it was me as much as we put public education on the ballot, and we did it with specific proposals. And we want to bring back vocational education in a real way. And I think the county mayor can lead that effort. And um, you know what what a what a race. I mean, Sabrina and Matt both worked hard. We saw each other all over the campaign trail. I've never seen anybody campaign like Sabrina Smedley. Um, and uh, we're just we're grateful we came out on top. What the hell is that? Stone on air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air coming up. Stone on air. All right, hello everybody. How in the world are you? It is Thursday, Cinco de Mayo. Looks like Thursdays are pretty much going to be the thing from now on. I I prefer it to be on Wednesday. I like it to be the official midweek download destination for thousands in the city of Chattanooga, but the schedule just doesn't work out that way. So it's going to have to be your mid-ish week download destination. My name is Brian, and this is the Stone On Air Podcast. All right, ended up uh, just like always. No idea which direction I was going at one point, and then it, as it all comes together, I start to veer off in different places all over the place and then end up rambling a little bit, as per usual. I appreciate your patience. Right off the top, I will just get to the layout of the show. In the second segment of the show, I'm going to just give... Um, election thoughts overall from the primary a couple days ago. Won't spend a whole lot of time on it. Won't bore you with a bunch of names you've never heard of, but spend a few minutes on that and how the Democrats helped elect, well, at least one person in particular. Spoiler alert, you just heard from him on the front end. So more on that in the second segment. And in the final segment of the show, every now and again, I try to put together these ideas for subject matter that is just kind of, uh, you know, things you can use if you choose kind of thing, just a deeper thoughts on simpler things. And I'll make a little note to myself to say to come back to that when there's not really anything else that I either want to get into or feel like I should get into. And this is one that I'll explain more when I get into the segment why, but um, what is luck? What is good luck? What is bad luck? Who's lucky? Who's unlucky? And how we use those that terminology in just our average throwaway conversations. And um, there's a few reasons, again, why I, I thought of this for this week. And I'll, I'll lay that out at, at the tail end. Maybe I'll bore you to death. I, I'm not sure. But um, there's one thing I'm not going to spend a lot of time on until I just changed my mind and decided that I am going to spend a few more minutes on it than I planned. This uh, leak from the Supreme Court and the potential overturning of, of, of Roe v. Wade. I... Uh, 
I, I'll believe it happens when I see it. It's been discussed about my entire life. And by the time I was born, it was only about 10 years old at that point, or maybe not even that much. So a few thoughts on that here in a minute, maybe, probably. So just bear with me for a minute. First, just some fluff. Let's just bounce around a little bit. Um, I am super excited. Some people are wondering why I'm so excited, but I, I guess it's a fair question. But this Kane Brown show at Finley Stadium this weekend, I was leaving the um, uh, the, the the podcast studio where I do the morning show with Jeff Styles this morning, and I had a couple of extra minutes because we finished up a little early, which is virtually almost never happens. And I just noticed a lot of commotion or just, you know, people coming and going from Findlay Stadium. And so it's right across the street. So I said, I'm going to go over there for a few minutes. And they're setting up the Kane Brown show. It's already load-in day on Wednesday morning. The show's not till Saturday night. And this thing is going to be a freaking spectacle. And I am, I'm excited about it. I, I, I know I talk about it. I, I always forget where I do and don't talk about things. But on this podcast and radio shows, I've, I've talked about for years, my favorite property in the city. My hands down favorite property in the city is Finley Stadium and and um, and the uh, Pavilion and that entire area. If there's many weekends, I'll spend an entire weekend there. I'll you know Friday night I'll be there, Saturday and Sunday sometimes for three different events. If there's an event going on there, especially if I can swindle my way in for free, I will be there every time. And it's it it's just it's one of the most fun places to to hang to to spend time. Football, soccer concerts, um, farmer's markets, whatever it might be, beer festivals, and I don't even drink beer. Um, so I see this, what is going to be just, it, I, I, I'm dead serious. It is going to be something that Chattanooga has never seen before, and certainly that property, a spectacle that they have never seen before. I hope it goes off well from just a, fe- a, 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 a concert goer's experience Overall, I hope it goes well. I, I'm a little concerned because they're not used to this kind of uh, mass amount of people. And the people that are going to be there are going to be some stupid assholes. I'm telling you, there's going to be some drunk dummies running around because this Kane Brown dude doesn't exactly attract the uh, the, the, the most intellectual types. Uh, I'm not meaning to, to downgrade or, or, or be an asshole about it, but it's the truth. Um a lot of music I listen to doesn't exactly cater to a uh, a high society, if you will. So it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be wild. I'm I'm still working my angle to get to get my way in the door. I'd love to be inside to see it all. I hear there's gonna be laser shows and there's gonna be some kind of new one of a new debut song about Chattanooga and they're gonna be using that gorgeous video board. It's gonna be incorporated into the show. Um, a fire. I hear there's going to be a massive fireworks show afterwards. I mean, this is going to be a freaking event, and I can't wait. And I really, really, really hope that it's pulled off well. And um, I have, I've, I've confidence that it'll be, it'll be, at least be okay because most big events, from depending on who you ask, don't really get pulled off all that well. Really, I mean, you put that many people in one spot, you know, dumb shit's going to happen all over the place. Uh, but that doesn't mean it, that it's not a success. So uh, I cannot wait. Saturday night, well, I don't know, 7, 8 o'clock, whatever it is. Just found out today, the guy who is opening the show apparently is the guy, I didn't fact check this, so I hope I'm not just regurgitating garbage information, but that stupid Applebee's song, in the month of dun, 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 and the Applebee's, and the dun, 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 that stupid ass song, I only know it from TikTok. TikTok's what blew it up. 
And then apparently, I, I guess I have seen the Applebee's commercial, but I just forgot. That's the dude who's opening the show. <laughs> so you can get an idea what's going on here. Um, you know, if you don't like the music, you're not going to like the music. I can't, I can't convince you to, to, to think that the guy's a cool dude. You know, Kane Brown, the opener, whoever else. But I think I can convince you that it's going to be a, a, an amazing event to, to people watch and to just spend a nice evening. The weather's going to be fantastic. Sunny skies, and I think, you know, the high is 75. Man, I'm excited. Okay, what else? Let's take a look at my just list here to run down through here. The best month ever, hashtag best month ever is over, but it is spilling into May so far, which uh, is a, a very nice thing, and it just does look like it's going to be a damn good year all the way around, it appears. If I can, if, if, if I can which I can, uh, put on the blinders and block out the noise, block out the political entertainment complex, Block out the TV shows and the talking heads and the nonsense on social media, which, again, I have become an expert at. Block all that mess out. This year is looking really nice. I have gotten a pretty big vote of confidence that my press credentials are going to are gonna come through for uh, Bonnaroo, which has just made me so, so happy. I was going to have a fine time, GA, if I had to, because I have, a, I have an, uh, an in on that. But it really is the... It's, it's the other experience that I'm so used to that I cherish so much. So that uh, it looks like it's going to happen. It might it might mean I'm going to have to do a little extra work, but I like doing work at Bonnaroo. So that's fabulous. I'm so happy about that. Um, looks like I'll be going to New York City in August to see the Braves and the Mets. That is just a couple of clicks on the computer away from being officially done. I'm just waiting for a credit card date to drop so I can have the uh, the, the accommodations or the, the flight anyway drop on a, the next billing cycle. So the next time you hear from me, I'll have that booked. And that is super exciting. Uh, Moon River looks great. Riverbend is less than a month or right at a month away. That's secured as far as attendance for that. I'm really, really uh, excited about that. Better Call Saul is killing it. Um, and Ozark, everybody is, and that's what everybody's really uh, buzzing about. I mean, not... Not many people care about Saul. It doesn't sound like they should, but they don't. Ozark is now done. I have purposely made it last until I want to finish it on Friday. But it it everybody just wants to talk about it because most people can't stop binging and they just had to fly right through it. I have trouble with that as well, but this time I did say make this last at least a week. You know, you've devoted four year, five year, whatever it is, years to this. Make it last a week. Don't do it in one night. You know, don't do it in two days. It deserves a little bit of um, time to chew on it between episodes. And people are just like, I mean, it's like they're on, you know, heroin or, you know, the, the Dave Chappelle, you know, scratching his, his character who's needing some crack. Uh, I just, I got to talk about the Ozark. I got to talk about the Ozark ending. Please, somebody talk to me about it. And um, a lot of people, it appears, have still not finished it. And I am one of those. So if you're watching that show and you're around me, keep your mouth shut. Keep Ozark out your mouth. Um, what else? Social media. I've been wanting to say this for a while. Uh, not social media. I just wrote that down on Instagram. My goodness. It's Instagram, not just absolute direct these days. I used to really enjoy Instagram. And, and sometimes I still can. Like, I really do enjoy photographic evidence of people's, uh, you know, p moment in time. You know, that moment that was just so cool and you want to show it. I, I like it. It's like a scrapbook. I was an avid scrapbooker. I, I have like 15 scrapbooks that are in my closet that I'll, you know, won't look at again until I'm like 70. 
And to me, Instagram was the perfect social media that was kind of like a digital scrapbook. And uh, I really liked it until they turned into Twitter slash TikTok. And it's become like this, like this entertainment portal of content creation. And I'm sure some of it is fine, but it's not what its original uh, mission statement was. And I get everything evolves and gets better or changes. It's, it's, um, I don't know, mission statement. I don't know if that's the right way of putting it, but I liked it because I, I, I actually followed people that I knew. They were actually friends of mine. And then now it's, it's somehow I've got all these different kinds of uh, content creators. It's turned into just another TikTok channel. I mean, I want to see you. I want to see your dog. I want to see maybe if I'm following you, your kid. I want to see your story. Now, nobody does the stories properly. That's my favorite uh, social media function is the story, especially if somebody knows how to tell one. Because just take the word literal. Tell a story, right? I love those. Um, I don't want to see your performance. Uh, so many people now just are using this as like their own little television studio, and it's nonsense. It's Some of them are better than others, I guess, but that's what TikTok's for, brah. You want to do that? Go to TikTok. That's what it's for. But anyway, I mean, I'm not going to delete it because I'm, I'm never deleting socials because I've got to... I've got to, you know, I've got to have an avenue somewhere to tell people about this nonsense that I do. And then real quick, I'll spend a few minutes on this and then I'll get to this audio that I have, the uh, Supreme Court thing. And um, I have thought about this a lot since I first heard about it, just like everybody else. And I've come to the conclusion after I ran or I ran into a clip on TikTok of Chuck Schumer just very, very boldly and loudly saying we are going to make a vote to uh, take a vote to uh, codify this as law. And so you'll be able to see what every senator, how every senator would officially vote on this. So you will know. Paraphrased. And I got me thinking, I swear to God, this is my own my own uh, unique thought. I didn't hear this anywhere else or, or, you know, regurgitating someone else's stuff. I have a feeling that this is a deep-rooted, deep-seated plan overall by the Democratic strategists, whoever they are, to really, really sow some major division by doing something unprecedented, which I think at the end of the day, a leaked document from a Supreme Court. I mean, for some reason, that just doesn't hit me as some kind of major deal. I, I understand that it is, and I understand why people are saying that it is. To me, it doesn't like scare me all that much but i i think that this is all midterm driven all midterm driven and a complete democratic uh, strategic plan to really start to hammer on those people who are going to vote against or in this setting would vote against it and use it as campaign fodder because let's just be really honest about it. There's not a hell of a lot of people that really want Roe versus Wade being turned over. There just there just isn't. Um, a lot of people that think it's bad and shouldn't don't want to do it. But you know we've stopped caring about a lot of things in this in this country societally and culturally, and um, I don't think really people really care all that much. But people who want who are pro-choice are furious and they are loud and it's not fake outrage it is not 
It is not, not, not fake outrage. And the ones who are furious on the other and the pro-lifers, it is not fake outrage there either. There's just a hell of a lot less of them. A hell of a lot less. I know a lot of Republicans that think, not only think that it should be held up, support it. That it's pro-choice should be the law of the land. Because it makes the most sense for their conservative, fiscally conservative values for them specifically. So... That's all I'll say is that I think this is a deep, deeply um, uh, focused and deliberate move that wasn't done by some just wayward rogue person in the Supreme Court or some clerk or whatever. I think this thing's been planned and planned all year long. Now, who knows about it so there can be plausible deniability? Couldn't tell you any of that. I don't know. And maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think so. Because the, the Republican Trump uh, uh, strategists that have their Steve Bannons of the world who know the way to rub people the wrong way to try to get a reaction to kind of to, to, to create uh, the wars, the, the, the social and cultural wars that we're having. Democrats do this stuff too, brah. And uh, I, that's what I think it is. I absolutely think that's what it is. And it might, ju- it, it might just work. <laughs> it's, it's actually, um, I hate to say this, it's, it's kind of brilliant. It's kind of dirty political brilliance, and it, it just might work. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, let's see. I got three things for you today. What do I have? Um, the realest thing is the first one I'm going to go with here, and it, this is a stitch, as they call it on tw- TikTok, where you play a quick little thing that somebody wants to make a point, and then you then you react to it. I did make a note to myself, bad edit on the front end here, so it's gonna it might double up just for a second, but... Um, this is dude talking about stupid people in power. It always seems like there are stupid people in power. But why do you care about stupid people? It's stupid people. These people have power. I've always wondered about this. Why does it? But why do you care about stupid people? It's stupid people. These people have power. I've always wondered about this. Why does it seem like so many people in power are so dumb? It's like, why can't we get a better class of leaders? And I've thought about it a bit more. And I think, this is my thesis, that power is inherently anti-intellectual. Because what does intellect do? Intellect questions power. It speaks truth to power. It critiques power. And power doesn't like that. And so power has to speak to the lowest common denominator. It dumbs everything down. It's an anti-intellectual force. And that's why it seems like those in power are also the dumbest that coupled with my thoughts over the years always uh what i'll say is the, your elected officials aren't stupid their consi- their constituents are they have to pander to their to the to the dummies that they represent and it makes them look dumb but they're not dumb dumb people are voting in masses and so they have to stoop down to that level to be able to identify with the entire electorate and it just that's that's where that dynamic goes. Um, uh, this is the worst idea. This is just some woman, girl, uh, millennial slash maybe close to Gen Zer, who is, I believe this is real. I do not think this is staged or some kind of um, a theatrical thing. I think she was literally this upset, and it's, I don't know. I thought it was pretty funny. We'll call it today's worst idea. Just trying to go to Chipotle, and I went to order a cheese quesadilla, and they were like, 
sorry, we can only do that on the app. And I was like, I don't have the app, but I'm right here, please. And they were like, no, you have to have the app. But we don't have any orders right now, so it should be quick and it'll be fine. And I was like, if you don't have any orders, then why can't you just make it? I don't have the app. And they were like, sorry, we can't do that. So now I'm fucking sobbing because I'm about to throw up because I'm so hungry and I didn't even get a quesadilla and that's all that I wanted. Uh, literally fuck Chipotle. <laughs> I think it's funny because I think it's real. I was looking through all the comments and the way that it was being discussed also by the creator of that post that uh, that I think Chipotle even sent her like a, a gift card or something. I think it's real, and I think it's just a whiny, bitchy millennial Gen, Gen Zer just so mad that the only thing they could think of doing was crying into their TikTok account. Um, and then just the constant, the, the millennials have passed this down to the younger uh, versions of them, the older Gen Zers now, that just the constant, just epidemic of using the word literally so just almost never literally. The word is literally never used Literally. I even did it wrong there, right? No, no, that was right. I'm even confusing myself. It's always figurative. Literally. <laughs> I thought it was funny. And uh, one more here. Uh, it's, it's the real worst idea. I just didn't feel like changing the wording once I stumbled on this. This is, are you tired of being tired? It's another one of those uh, fake infomercials. I think I played a couple of them on here. The real worst idea. Are you tired? Yeah. And you want to make improvements in your life? Yeah. Introducing waking up early. What's that? It's simple. You go to bed at a decent hour, get a full night's sleep, and get up at 6 a.m. No. Why not? You'll be so much happier. No. Okay, let's compare it to your current routine. Stay up till 3 a.m. mindlessly scrolling. Snooze six times. And get up at 10.30 behind on everything. Yeah, I know it's bad. So just try waking up early. No. I don't understand. You said you were tired and wanted to improve yourself. Yes. So get a better sleep routine. No. Dude. <laughs> I read somewhere that one of the keys to being successful is getting up before 6 a.m., but my bed is really warm in the morning, so what am I supposed to do? <laughs> Try it today. I uh, I love it. I can't do it. I, I This is a constant battle in my life. Go to bed early, get up early. Go to bed early, get up early. This is going to be the day that I go to bed early and get up early, and it never happens. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I'm not going to try it today. I am the worst person in the world in the morning. I don't take it out on other people like so many other people do, but I, I hate it. I wake up every day and the worst part of my day, the worst feeling I'll ever have of any day ever is the minute I wake up. I absolutely hate it. All right, let's, uh, let's move along here. Western Womp is going to be the next mayor of the city uh, or excuse me, of the county of Chattanooga, and it might not even really be because of his strong party affiliation. I'll explain more of that coming up next. Now back to more Stone on Air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Stoneonair.com. Yeah, let's keep talking about the future. I guess what our campaign's done in a real constructive way is to lay out a conservative vision for the future of the county. Well, what's the biggest thing the county does? Public education. What's the most important thing the county does? Public education. And it affects everything. It affects our workforce. It affects, it affects economic development in, in, a, you know, in a holistic way, even crime. And uh, so that's the case we're going to make to general election voters. I mean, to the people who helped me tonight, thank you. To those of you who are on Matt's team or Sabrina's team, come on board. 
I mean, I, you know, ultimately, if you watched our debates, we agree uh, across the board. I obviously brought this kind of unique passion, uh, wore some people out talking about vocational education, and I'm just going to pour it on. I mean, this is uh, the final case I made to voters out there today. I told some people who asked, why should I vote for you? Well, the stuff that our campaign's about, I've been working on for years. It's just a continuation of stuff that Shelby and I are passionate about, and so uh, we look forward to a, a great campaign this summer, and we'll keep building on the vision that we've laid out. He'll be your next mayor, Hamilton County, Weston Wonk. I, uh, when I think of elections, I, th this is, comes to my mind first every single time. My very impressionable years of the 1990s, and then all the, you know, subsequent documentary documentaries and whatever they are on whatever channels I've watched all the years of the Clinton administration. It's just a, the 1990s is my favorite time ever, and. I always think of that. This was his campaign song. I believe it was 92. I don't think it was 96. Pretty sure it was 92. So I would have been, you know, 12 years old and wasn't sitting around watching news all the time at that age. I'm not going to act like I, that. But, I, you know, I was watching. There's only a few channels, and they were on. It's, parents were watching it, so. Yesterday's gone. Yesterday's gone. Um, sorry. So, as I've said, if you're here regularly, you already know. If you're a new listener, I appreciate you. I highly doubt that that's <laughs> many of you, but uh, you heard from all three of the candidates on this show via audio from interviews we did live on my morning gig, the Chattanooga Drive-In Show. If that's something that you might be interested in, give it a listen if you'd like. It's completely different than than what this is, 100 million thousand percent different. Um, doesn't mean it's better or worse. It just means it's different, so... You heard from them all here, and you pretty much already know my thoughts on on all of it. Uh, Matt Hollander was a uh, kind of a, a, a robotic bumpkin, uh, nice enough guy, absolute nice enough guy, perfect dude. You want to sit around and watch the ball game with, you know, have a nice afternoon in the in the yard around a you know barbecue and a pool or whatever. I mean, dude's a solid guy, but he didn't have any energy. He um, he joked about it himself. He was self-deprecating about it. Um, I'm sorry. I think it, uh, some charisma and um, and some commanding of the room and the commanding of a microphone, I think, is a very, I don't know, maybe it's not a very important thing, but I, I think that it matters uh, at least some, and he had none of that. Uh, Weston is the complete flip opposite, flipped opposite of that. He's a professional uh, uh, political figure, even though he's never held office. He's been around it his entire life. And Sabrina Smedley was just difficult to like. Very, very difficult to like. God this and God that. And I understand that that's important to a lot of people. I'm not trying to be demeaning of that. Um, it just seemed like she was really leaning on a lot of that. Um, the nonsense that she was saying about at least, I mean, it was just a very misguided, at least one political ad of, of saying, well, how could somebody know conservative values if you weren't a single woman raising three kids? What the hell does that even mean? Like, who okayed that? Message. I know you said you approve of it at the end of it, but who else on your team didn't stop and say, Sabrina, um, uh, yeah, what does that even mean? Because <laughs> that's what everybody else did. Everybody else did it. And she walked it back, and I can't even remember what she said when, when she was asked about it on our show and that you later heard on this show. I don't remember what she said. I don't care what she said because I was done with her basically the minute I met her. Just a very, very not... Uh, I try not to be a jerk about it, but just not a real likable person. 
from my vantage point, and maybe I was, you know, maybe I went into it not wanting to like her. Um, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Um, but I was shocked, absolutely shocked is the right word, that she did so well. So she clearly did a very good job on the campaign trail. Um, Weston said he's never seen anything like it. Now, you know, what else is he going to say? I don't know. But uh, clearly she did something right. Clearly she had a good, uh, I would guess, a very good stranglehold on the district that she represents on the commission, which would be East Brainerd-ish, mostly all of East Brainerd. I don't know if there's any Hickson or... I think all of Appison, uh, there might be some Udawa in there. So a, uh, an affluent area for sure, an area that I am very familiar with, have, having grown up in the Udawa and East Brainerd area and now work back out in that hellhole. I absolutely hate that part of town. But it sounds like she really did well within that area. Uh, but the county is a big-ass county. I mean, it's the fourth biggest county. I think that's right. I think it's the fourth biggest county in the state. Might be the third. Um, I'm not sure, but it's big. And it covers a lot of area. And so when she continues to go on and on, and Matt did it a little bit too, of this, you know, this gang problem we have and this cockamamie story she talked about, of course, has to humble brag by saying she went to the gym. Well, I was coming back from the gym and there was female gangs. I saw a female gang trying to break into my car. It was the dumbest story ever. And I don't believe it for a second. Did somebody try to break into somebody's car that she's familiar with and been told stories of? Of course, I'm sure that's happened. Um, I don't believe it. It's not true. It's uh, it's it's fear mongering. It's low level fear mongering, but it still is. And um, I just you know yes, gang issues in the inner city downtown. I think that's a Tim Kelly problem. I think that's something that the mayor of the city needs to deal with. The mayor of the county needs to deal with. Just like Weston keeps saying. Education. Where's the most money go in this county? Where, where's the, the, the money appropriated to? What's the biggest business that the city, or excuse me, that the county is in? It's education. It's a school, you know, working with the school board and the Hamilton County Commission. It's basically just being the, the, the adult in the room of the county commission who are a bunch of children half the time. And then the nonsense that the school boards become too, which that's not just Hamilton County school board. That's seemingly all of them. So I need a calming voice to uh, to kind of you know oversee a lot of this idiocy that comes from the commi- the commission, which is now up to eleven or twelve commissioners with the new uh, census. So there's even more of these clowns that you got to keep an eye on and make sure they're spending their money properly. And um, so yeah, th- this that's the main focus. I don't need him to be worrying about crime in downtown Chattanooga. That's not Weston Womp's job or Sabrina's, or whoever's got the county mayor, it is to focus on education, which in the end, if you do that properly, if you do that properly, you are going to have net gains results in crime not being as as abundant as as it is. Um, all the numbers that you want, you know, higher edu- uh, uh, income, all those kinds of things, incarcerations, that's all going to get better over time with a high priority on education. And as a culture and as a society, we've, we are devaluing education on all levels, public, private, university. I mean, we're not, you know, focusing on people actually learning is a thing of the past. We're looking at numbers. We're looking at dollars. We're looking at, um, you know, standardized testing scores, we're, which, I mean, sometimes you only have the barometers that you have, but 
we're worried about things that don't have anything to do with with children actually learning anything and just focusing on it, it, it's like focusing on junk stats and sports hey listen I don't need your junk stats I can see with my own eyes that this player can't do X Y and Z and I don't care about these these grades on these and I don't mean grades just by the children themselves the grading of the system here I got kids that aren't learning anything all right and we need to fix that and we got kids going to school post uh, uh, high school or you know midway through high school that are trying to do something that they have no real clue what they're doing because their parents are terrible influences because going to college and taking out loans and ruining people's lives is just stuff we do in this country period and and there's some reason a stigma on vocational schools we need more vocational schools we need vocational schools all over the place we need to put kids in a place to learn a skill so they can go get a damn job when they're a grown-ass adult, which we call an 18-year-old. Instead, we've been focusing for the last 30 years on putting kids in school and putting them in $100,000 worth of debt, and they can't get a job afterwards. That's not education. Building more, you know, nicer schools and and, and spending more and more money on federally uh, uh, secured loans for kids that have zero collateral and no credit history is not educating people. It's putting people at a disservice and putting them in, in a position to fail. And it's happening far too much. I know countless people who have been victims of this. And it is. It's a, they are victims of this. And this is why I don't mind if you do want to cancel debt, go ahead. Because these dumb asshole kids don't know any better because their dumb asshole parents are just as dumb as they are. And so, yeah, fundamental change here, generational change is what Weston Wamp is talking about. And I really, really, really like it. He's grown up a lot recently, probably still has a little more growing up to do. I mean, the guy's one of the biggest egos I've ever been around, but, you know, who didn't know that? And as I've now gotten to know him, I mean, he's, I jokingly say, well, I, I want him to win partially because, you know, in my middle age here, it'd be kind of nice to say, yeah, I can get a return phone call from both the county and the city mayor. And the city mayor will probably answer on the first ring. Well, probably not, but you get my point. Um, I'd be lying if I didn't say that there's something about that that makes me feel special. When there's nothing, that, that, that's, not even, that's not reality. It doesn't, that doesn't matter. That means literally nothing, except for to me. It means a lot to me, but I'm not just blindly looking at it. I think the guy is going to do great things, and I think that this is going to be a position he's going to have for a very, very long time. That's what made it such an important election, and partially why, though still awful turnout, it was double the turnout from the last time there was a primary. Uh, Just a few things here from the Times Free Press. Uh, Sorry, I wanted to give who wrote it, but I threw. Oh, uh, Dave uh, Flesner. Uh, let's see, just a few things I highlighted here. This is a quote from Womp. We won this on election day and we're able to overcome the deficit we had from early voting. Um, this is Sabrina Smedley quote says, God, here we go. God will show me the next chapter of my life. I will continue to serve district seven and remain as chairman until September. And then I'm looking forward to spending more time with my grandchildren. This is a quote from Matt Hollander. We stay true to our promise of staying positive. We weren't deterred by the political attacks, lies, or skewed polling in the final days of the campaign. I'm grateful for the many volunteers who share this campaign with me. 
Uh, then it goes down and says, collectively, the three candidates spent more than $1.2 million in their primary races. And they... And then Watt must still win the general election in, on August 4th, which he will easily win. Hollander raised uh, over a half a million, 537. Uh, Smedley just under a half, 40, 30, 436. And Womp only 361,000 uh, of raised money, but collectively that's 1.2. Pretty sure Tim Kelly spent over a million of his own dollars in, uh, in his race last year, if I remember that correctly. Voter turnout was more than double the previous Hamilton County primary election in 2018 when only 20,000, 20,500 were cast. Um, but at that time, Jim Coppinger was uh, the then county mayor was unopposed. So that made, didn't lead for a lot of motivation. Uh, in the early voting in Hamilton County, 81% of the ballots cast were in the Republican primary. I, uh, voted in the Republican primary for the first time in my life. I was going to do it anyway, but I looked at the Democratic uh, ballot. It's like, there's nothing to vote for here. <laughs> what am I even doing here? There's almost literally, not for real literally, but almost nothing to vote for here. And, um, and so he won by like 300 uh, votes. Uh, you know, I, I won't go into the other uh, election results except for Cody Womp one handedly his sister over Neil Pinkston and she ran a better uh, better campaign at least on paper and on social media and she she was she was better and Pinkston's a dullard who uh, I think does a good job but he's got no personality uh, very soft spoken and he you know did some things people didn't like and Cody Womp is very very pretty girl very smart girl but she's also playing on the you know cops can do no wrong that concerns me um, I don't like Cody Womp that much at all. I think I could. I think I could eventually. I need her, I need her to grow up a little bit. She's only about 33 years old, and that's still pretty young. I mean, Weston's only 35, but he's he is an ancient 35 years old in, in you know his political experience uh, world as far as running campaigns and be involved with fundraising and those kinds of things. So Cody will win. Um, but what I found the the, the most interesting was uh, a couple people you know thought started this on Twitter as I was following the results pretty closely that night that um, many were referring to that the you know the Democrat who would have thought the Democrats could uh, could elect the county mayor and I didn't really think about it that way exactly but it seems to be it feels like to me that is quite true quite real as I started to talk to more people towards the last couple of weeks a couple of months really, I was talking to a lot of people who would generally not vote in a Republican primary who were voting in a Republican primary. I could name you quickly six, seven or so. And then the more we were talking about it on, on Twitter, I saw two and three and four and five more saying, yeah, me too, me too. And if you just took that small sample size and then did whatever math amongst the registered voters in the county, you got to imagine that that gets up to several hundred. I mean, I can tell, tell you right now, based on, on my Twitter results, that I can find you 12 to maybe almost 15 people who, hands up, between them and the ones I already know who I've talked to, hey, I voted for, uh, you know, in the Republican primary, and I either never done that before or I rarely do it. And when you only win by 300-ish, whatever the exact number of votes were, the Democrats got got Weston Womp elected. He doesn't. I mean, and not that Sabrina and Matt did a lot, but 
He didn't use any kind of uh, political, national political narrative. He didn't talk about Trump. He didn't talk about Biden. He didn't talk about uh, Congress or the Senate. He didn't talk about anything that was a buzzword. He only talked about education in the county itself. Matt had a, a Biden's America uh, commercial. I don't know everything Sabrina did or didn't do. But he focused on what matters, and macro politics mean zero. Zero. They mean nothing to this race. Absolutely nothing. And I think that was an incredibly refreshing and very good approach. And he is likable, and he commands a room, he commands a mic, and he commands your attention. And uh, I'm I'm very happy about it. I think it's uh, very 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 good stuff. The guy running the Democratic, uh, I think it's Matt Adams is his name. Uh, I'm sure he's a nice enough guy. I think we're gonna have him in soon. If we do, I'll play the audio for you. I guess, even though there's really no reason to. I think I, if I got this wrong, I'm sorry. I don't have a way to fact check it quickly. I think he's 25 years old. He's younger than than Weston. I don't need any 20 year olds. I don't care if you're 21 or 29. I don't need a 20 something. Run in the county. So, you know, run along, son. Have a, you know, have, have some fun on this wannabe campaign, but it's not going to happen. Your next DA is Cody Womp. Your next county mayor is Weston Womp. And finally, as I wrap up this segment really quick, the numbers were, so I mentioned it from the, the TFP piece, 20,500 last go around. This go around, it was around 45, I think it was less than 50,000 ballots casted out of 232 registered what the hell man what's going on here you know how long it took me to vote a minute and a half (laughs) i think i'm exaggerating in early voting you know how how long it would have taken me in the general the day of probably two and a half minutes why are you being registered what did you get registered to vote for if you're not gonna do it so weird so odd to me Barely 50,000 out of 232. What the hell, man? What the hell? All right, anyway, so that's good stuff. Happy to get that mess out of the way. I don't have to hear any more of those dumb commercials. What exactly is luck? What's bad luck? What's good luck? Is luck even a real thing? And how we throw it around so loosely recently found me getting very irritated in an argument that I was in. And I started poking around and listening to a few things, and I don't know, it all just, it, it sparked my interest. So I got a few pieces of paper, highlighted some things to read, and just, we'll spend a segment on it to wrap up this week's show on the Stone on Air podcast. What is luck and is it real? Coming up next. When you think about this journey that you took and you've built not one, two huge companies, one is massive, $15 billion valuation. How much of that do you think has to do with, with you know, how, how hard you work and how smart you are and how much do you think has to do with luck? Oh, I think it has a lot to do with luck. You know, I, I worked hard and I think I got lucky with, you know, having good, good genes and being able to be smart. But so much of, of my life in hindsight are unplanned situations where I took a leap and things kind of worked out and you know those leaps were out of my control and so I think there's a tremendous amount of luck involved and it keeps me humble because you know I've been successful but I've also 
had enough situations where I thought I was going to make the right call and it ended up not being right. And, you know, one of the biggest lessons that I've learned over my career is that being right and being wrong don't feel that different before you know the answer. <laughs> so I have an appreciation for, for luck. That was the founder of the social media Discord on Guy Raz's NPR-produced How I Built This Podcast. This is Blackberry Smoke featuring Amanda Shires, Jason Isbell's wife, on Tom Petty's You Got Lucky. There's a pretty good chance you don't know what Discord is or... You've only just heard that it's a thing because it's most people are going to listen to this. It, it doesn't appeal to the average person who would listen to something like this because uh, it's mainly for gamers. But it has evolved way out of just the gamer world. I won't bore you with what it is. Either you know or you, or you don't care. Uh, if you want to know, you can find out. But I actually like it. I mean, I, again, I try every social media. There's, there's never been an app that's been popular that I haven't at least sampled. And so I don't use it a lot, but I use it occasionally. And um, I've gotten back into listening to the How I Built This podcast because it's just, it's it's fantastic. It's just very interesting stuff. And it's just an hour and a half about basically usually 100 millionaires, billionaires, and how they did it. And the dude Guy Raz who hosted, I've gotten to like him. I hated him at first. He's a dork. Um, he's probably about my age, mid mid forties anyway, and he's he asks questions kind of the same way the entire show. It's a little annoying. Like every show is kind of layered the same way. He pretty much doesn't a- ask a question he doesn't already know the answer to. So and that, but that's to the testament to his to his uh, preparedness to his preparation, which I always appreciate. Um, but it still offers for kind of the same style every time. He, he just asks questions in a weird way, and I've noticed many times towards the end of it, it's they're talking about how much do you associate this with, with you know, your knowledge, your work, your understanding, and, and then just plain luck. So I've heard that several times, and I've listened to like three or four of them in the last few weeks. And that answer that that dude gave uh, made me think about it some more, as I'd already made notes to self on this thing about the word luck and getting lucky and what what exactly does that mean? And to me, I've almost taken it as as an insult. Um, but I, I found that to be very interesting. That that dude made a, a, a tech company, sold it for a hundred million dollars, literally a hundred million dollars, and uh, he had enough share of the company that he still got like almost half of that. And then he took that money and created Discord, and it's been last evaluated at five billion dollars. And has been offered by from Microsoft to purchase for five billion dollars, and he hasn't accepted it yet. He's still thinking about it. I mean, we're on two different planets. You know, we're not even the same species. If you're doing work that you turn down five billion, um, I'm sure eventually they, you know, the, they'll he'll have to sell um, at some point because of his investors. But anyway, that's not not the point. But this is the fact that he would even just say, yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of it is luck. And based on the basic definition of of luck, I, I guess that it is. But what really got me to note to self this question the other week, 
not that long ago, maybe it was even a couple of months ago now, but I got into an argument. It wasn't a rager, but it was a bit of an argument with a millennial type, super liberal type. So you, you know, not, well, pretty typical. <laughs> and we're talking about the housing market. We're talking about the rental market, all the typical stuff. And my main point of the argument was, listen, yes, I get it. Rent is up. It's it's up historically. It's it's crazy. But you couldn't afford rent two years ago, right? You couldn't afford rent five years ago. So this isn't about the rental market being out of control as to why you can't figure it out. You already didn't have it figured out. That was my, my main point. And the pushback was, um, you know, well, oh, well, you know, kind of that privileged, I don't know if that word was used, but that, that, that privileged kind of uh, a trigger. And it was like, well, you, you got lucky. You, know, you, you got lucky. You were able to buy, you know, 15 years ago when uh, 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 mortgages were reasonable or whatever the wording was. And I just stopped in my track, like, screeching, or I got what I, huh? Ex- uh, back up the truck, beep, 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 back up the truck. What? I got lucky. You don't even know the beginning of the story of my potential disastrous blind walk into a minefield of brimstone and fire of a mortgage at 27 years old. You don't know anything. If anything, I was completely terribly unlucky about what happened and where I stand today between now and then is a long story I won't bore you with, but I this ain't got a thing to do with luck. Not a thing to do with luck. And that's, I'll put a pin in that and come come back to it. And so then I started to think about it more on a less of a personal level and more of a, just a macro level, like the way we, we word things. Like, I've always thought it was stra- strange, filthy rich. Oh, God, they're filthy rich. You'll even find me saying it sometimes. Filthy rich? What the hell is that supposed to even mean? I mean, what, what's wrong with being wealthy? What? You know, it's just, it's just the terminology. It means nothing. It's not usually even meant to be a derogatory term. But, like, um, when somebody says to me, you know, I'm just going to use an example because I was talking about it earlier and it's coming up here soon. You know, I've got, you know, I'm backstage at Bonnaroo almost every year. Oh, you lucky dog. Man, you're so lucky. Yeah, yeah lucky you. Uh, dude, <laughs> luck ain't got nothing to do with it. Right. I don't have a, you know, a, a family member that, uh, you know, that works on the board of trustees in Manchester or or I don't have a uh, some kind of connection to some, you know, a silver spoon type that uh, just you know hands me over one of the extras. I worked my ass off to put myself in a position to be able to make that my annual um, uh, festival that I get peripheral. Uh, 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 preferential treatment at and it's not because i'm just some dude who just knows the right person it's because i offer value i offer at least i used to offer a lot of value i don't offer near as much but because of all those relationships and those years of work it's now easier even though i don't offer near as much value um i work sometimes half the festival like I'm literally working now. I haven't done that regularly in, in several years now, so I'm not trying to act like I'm still doing that to this day. But you know, I 
so many other things. You can just insert anything else here. Oh, or, hey, I'm at the ball game, or I'm at this, or I'm at this. Oh, man, you're so lucky. No, actually, I'm not. I've been planning it since uh, January. <laughs> Luck ain't got a thing to do with, uh, with any of this. <laughs> but uh, thanks for commenting. And again, nobody does that to try to be an asshole about it. But I just, I don't know. So that I started looking around. And what is bad luck? Is luck real? You know, looking at some studies and some scientists who, you know, do behavioral studies and those kinds of things. But just to put a wrap on, on, the, on the mortgage thing, I used to uh, say kind of the same words. With, I don't know if I said lucky, but when I got into the mortgage business, you know, getting one, I was 27 years old. I had no idea what I was doing. I might as well have been 22. Um, sex, drugs, and rock and roll is all I cared about. But I got this idea because, oh, that's what you do. You buy a house. You don't rent. That's throwing away your money. I got two loans. They don't exist anymore. They were outlawed. A 6.5% loan on the regular principal or whatever. And then a down payment additional loan at 7.5%. And then the market crashed quite literally while I'm signing the papers. Like, it's happening, so not quite literally, within the next six months. Or so, maybe about a year. And so I used to be like, God, can you believe that luck? Right as I'm getting into this, I get this, you know, I'm doing it at the worst time, worst rates ever. The market crashes. I can't even sell the damn thing if I want. I was dirt poor. I mean, just broke ass. I had to borrow money from my brother to put it in my account to trick the mortgage uh, lenders who want to screw me if they can to be able to say, oh, he does have a little bit of money. And then I pulled all the money out and gave it back to my brother. I literally had nothing, and that is literal. And it almost sunk me, and my mom came to the rescue. As a long story I've told on the radio many times, I won't bore you with you right now. And around 2011, I was able to get out of the hole, and I refinanced, and I've got a great loan now with no PMI, cheapest. I, I, I bet I spend less to live a, a month than, than most of you listening do. It worked out well. But it wasn't bad luck that it started off poorly. It was a terrible decision on my behalf, and it's not good luck that it worked out well. It was planning and deliberate behavior that got me out of it. And so that's uh, I'll leave that the story at, at that. So then I started poking around. I didn't think Wikipedia would give me so much that I thought was that was quite interesting. Uh, the English noun luck appears comparatively late during the 1480s. It likely entered English as a gambling term. And the context of gambling remains detectable in the world's connotations. Luck is a way of understanding a personal chance event. Luck has three aspects. Luck is good or bad. Luck is a result of chance. Luck applies to a sentinel being. Before the adoption of luck at the end of the Middle Ages, Old English and Middle English expressed the notion of good fortune with the word speed. Speed, besides good fortune, had the wider meaning of prosperity, profit, and abundance. It is not associated with the notion of probability or chance, but rather with that of fate or divine help. I guess think when you say Godspeed, you're not saying good luck. You're saying, well, I guess in a way you are. I guess that's maybe what the point is. Uh, just a couple of things here um, from interpretations. Lack of control. Luck refers to that which happens to a person beyond the person's control. The view incorporates a phenomena that are that are chance happenings a person's place of birth for example but where there is no uncertainty involved or where the uncertainty is irrelevant within the framework one can differentiate between three types of luck there's constitutional luck that is luck with factors that cannot be changed place of birth genetic constitution are examples circumstantial luck 
with factors that are haphazardly brought on. Accidents and epidemics are typical examples. Ignorance luck. That is luck with factors one does not know about. Examples can be only identified in hindsight. Circumstantial luck with accidental happenstance of favorable discoveries and or inventions, well, that is called serendipity, not luck. Uh, from the, It says, then fallacy. Another view holds that luck is probability taken personally. A rationalist, which I like to think I am a rational person, approaches to luck includes the application of rules of probability and avoid, an avoidance of unscientific beliefs. The rationalists think that the belief in luck is a result of poor reasoning or wishful thinking. To a rationalist, a believer in luck who asserts that something has influenced his or her luck commits a logical fallacy. That because two events have connected sequentially, they are connected casually as well. Like A happens, luck attracting event or action, and then B happens, therefore A influence B. More contemporary authors writing on the subject believe that the definition of good destiny is one who enjoys good health, has the physical and mental capabilities of achieving his goals in life, and good appearance, and has happiness in mind and is not prone to accidents. And I'll try to wrap this up here quickly. I've always printed off way more than I could uh, should have. Uh, a, a friend of mine I grew up with always got in trouble, just always screwing up, just a dumb, just a dummy. I mean, that was all it was. And I remember one day I was picking up with his mom. I don't even think he was there. His car that was getting fixed because he just smashed into a you know a mailbox again or something. And the guy, the old man who's fixing the car, was man, yeah, if old Zach, if he didn't have bad luck, he'd have no luck at all. Like, I, for some reason, that's always stuck out in my head. No, numbnut. This doesn't have anything to do with luck. He's a goddamn idiot. And that's why bad things are always happening. And this is a long, I couldn't believe how much there was on Wiki. Uh, they talk about social aspects, games, lotteries, numerology, science. And then I print off a bunch of these I'm not going to get to. Is luck real? Can you change yours? It's complicated. How to get lucky and stay lucky. Uh, Minimalist Monday. You can. Uh, why calling someone lucky can be insulting. Uh, there, There is no such thing as bad luck. And the final one here, which I'll just, and I'll even skip. There, dude talks about a study he does about luck and bad, unlucky, quote unquote, and bad luck. But um, I think you get the main point here. The one thing I, I will read that I like, it says... Uh, what most people choose to call luck is a result of being open to opportunity, something that comes down to attitude, not happy accidents. And this is the part right here I love. Poet John Milton is often credited as describing luck as the residue of design. The residue of design. And that's a perfect place to put the pen in that. So should I get mad about that? Oh, hey, you're so damn lucky. Should I? No. Will I continue? Probably. Probably. I uh, hope you have a great weekend. Uh, the Road to Nightfall is Friday as well, free down at the Miller Plaza, even though I haven't heard of one band that's in it. And the market this weekend, and it's Mother's Day, so I would suggest maybe not going to the market Saturday. It's going to be a uh, zoo or do whatever you want to do. And uh, that's it. Oh, and then, the, of course, the Kane Brown Show on Saturday. I know the music's dumb. I know the uh, clientele won't be... Uh, won't be exactly my speed, but I am very, very excited to see how this is going to go down. Bro country at its finest, but you can't deny the status of this guy and his just superstar headliner status that he is and the, the story of how he became so 
famous by just putting crap on YouTube and it actually worked. Dude's from Ringgold. Uh, I don't know. So if, you, if you're down there, maybe I'll see you. If not, enjoy yourself. Whatever it is you do, do it again next week. See you later. Bye.